So we're going to be doing podcast number 25 with Kelly Byrne. If you have any other questions in regards to this podcast, you can also contact Kelly. His website is www.rescue2training.com. And the two in the Rescue 2 training is the numeric two. It's not written out. Once again, that's www.rescue2training.com. And without any further ado, here's the podcast. All right, so we've got uh, Kelly Byrne on the line. Uh, Kelly is a firefighter in Washington, D.C., and is also the owner of Rescue 2, aren't you, Kelly? Yep, Rescue 2 training uh, out of Falling Waters, West Virginia. Excellent. The lovely state of West Virginia. You bet. And what we're going to chat with Kelly about, in 2016, Kelly presented at Eiders about using aerial ladders as high directionals. And Kelly and I have chatted about this on and off as recently as Grimp Day in North America this year. And just thought, you know, some of these thoughts and some of this information should get out there in a different format because it's, it's valuable information and it's very interesting information. At least I found it interesting, but I'm a bit of a geek. So <laughs> the, uh, me, me as well. I, I thought uh, there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, misconceptions or lack of research on uh, aerial ladders as high directional. So it was definitely uh, being a fireman. It was a uh, you know, we use them all the time and it was a subject I was pretty interested in. Didn't see a lot of research. So I. Took it upon myself to do some, uh, you know, uh, backyard uh, research if I could. Right on. And it's funny you say that because, I mean, we're going a bit of a tangent. I'm obviously a firefighter up here in Metro Vancouver area. And I've gone, we've got like 22 fire departments in Metro Van. And I've been shot with a lot of the technical rescue coordinators. And it's a complete mixed bag on whether guys will use them or won't use them and how they'll use them and what how they'll rig and it's like 22 separate SOGs on these. It, d- definitely. There was, for me, there's no clear best practice for rigging. Like, if, you know, if I drew a, a Z rig on the board at like everybody and their brother would agree that it's a three to one because, you know, A, B and C reason. But if, if I draw an aerial ladder with a high directional, you know, with rope and say, hey, what's best practice or what are the forces or where are they being applied? you're going to get, you know, 22 different answers out of it. So that, that's, that's really was my curiosity. I, I wanted to know the answer and I, I think I've got an answer, but, um, I'm, you know, I'm just not a hundred percent sure. Um, now one interesting thing you had mentioned in your presentation that at least on one occasion, there has been a documented ladder failure as a rope rescue high directional. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So the, uh, the the ladder failure was in a place called Mundelein, Illinois, and it's an older, you know, pre-1986, I believe is the year ladders changed, pre-86 uh, aerial ladder, but they were rigged off of the uh, tow hooks off of the front bumper of the ladder truck. The ropes were not in line with the ladder. They were pulling kind of at a sideways angle, and it just, it, it twisted the aerial. It was a uh, failure by twisting. So and the aerial ladder right right at the end of the bed section was uh you know is is bent and laying upon the building. Wow. So we can definitely put the forces on these things to damage them. Is what yeah, that kind of says, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, it does. And I, I think the uh, the biggest uh, misconception with aerial ladders, or the biggest problem I have, is that even with a you know 500 pound tip load aerial, if we start putting changes of direction on it with even one person. We're exceeding the tip load, you know, without even thinking about it, you know, no hauling statically. Like it's a, it's, it's, it's just not for me, not a good idea to be doing that. Um, NFPA, I think has a two to one safety ratio for failure of aerial devices and a one and a half to one for 
instability. Like you could tip it over without failing it. So, I mean, even with, you know, aerial ladders, big old aerial scope, you know, with a thousand pound bucket load, you know, with the change of direction and uh, an attendant, like you're almost at your, your limit there, not even considering a belay event. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. Cause there's going to be people that are listening to this that are kind of going, okay, an aerial apparatus. So you're talking like a bucket truck or they're, they're not going to know what an aerial apparatus is. <laughs> right so on. Okay. Let's um, from a firefighter point of view, I mean, I'm, I'm on the same page as you, but let's go with, there's a couple different types of what we would consider aerial apparatus and you're much more versed on it than I am. So let's take a look at that and just talk about what that is. What's an aerial ladder. Yeah, sure. And in, in it's simplest form you know it's it's the hook and ladder truck you know uh the guy drives the front guy drives the back and you know big hundred foot ladder with uh two hydraulic cylinders to raise it or hoist it out of the bed you know to put it at whatever uh, inclination you need it and it also has some uh pistons to extend your ladder from its bedded section you know it beds together three sections and you know extends up to 100 feet so they have different ratings based on the construction of the ladder or you know, based on the hydraulic outrigger system some ladders have a higher rated tip load just because their outriggers are larger or, or a wider footprint and then we've got uh, aerial towers which are you know big solid box boom um, aerial apparatus with a bucket on the end of them sometimes they've got a ladder uh, going from the turntable up to the bucket sometimes it's just a big box boom but that that's a a tower ladder is what it's called. And it can be, you know, the base of it can either be in the middle or the, or the back of the fire truck. But, uh, those are the, the big basic types and they are, you know, they basically are big hundred foot long levers. Uh, when you just view them in their simplest form. Okay. A couple of points that brings up, I've heard of the two to one failure. I mean, it's rated on most of the side of our ladders that we purchase. Um, the one point five to one instability. That's interesting. That's, that's new for me. I hadn't heard that prior and, uh, speak to that a little bit. Yeah. So it, I mean, it, it was during my, uh, research for the fire department high directionals paper for the 2016 Iders presentation. I was, uh, thumbing through the, uh, delightful world, delightful world of, uh, NFPA standards and found, uh, found that buried somewhere deep, um, that it was just a one and a half to one safety factor for stability. So um, it's been a few years since I've read the NFPA standard uh, in depth, but uh, the way I read it, it was my understanding that, you know, you could uh, not fail an aerial ladder uh, material failure, but you could have a, an instability failure, you know, with your ladder still remaining intact at one and a half to one uh, safety factor was the, the minimum, you know, obviously it's different at different extensions and elevations, but that's the, uh, you know, that's a pretty low number uh, if that number is still what NFPA is going by. Yeah, it does seem. I mean, I know the two to one still out there, so I'd have to assume the one and a half to one is still around. I would think so as well. Yeah. Now, when we talk about, you know, big beefy ladders and we talk about tip loads, what are we looking at for tip loads on these? Like, what's the standard ladder nowadays as far as tip loads? So, uh, it really depends on who the apparatus manufacturer is and, and you know, what is spec'd out. I know where I work in Washington, D.C. We've got uh, probably half of our ladder trucks have a 250-pound tip load, you know, at, at full extension. They're uh, called a light-duty aerial ladder. The benefit of them for us is that the, the outriggers are very narrow throw, so on crowded city streets, you know, you, you're not 
uh, hamstrung by not being able to put your outriggers out. We can still put them out. Um, some other of our ladder trucks, our 500 pound tip load, that seems to be pretty typical. I think probably around, uh, you know, most of my area on the East coast, okay. um, bigger outriggers, a slightly beefier ladder. And we've got, you know, pr- probably, I don't know, maybe seven or eight of those. And then a typical, uh, bucket truck, you know, we've got one in Washington, DC tower three, and they've got, uh, a thousand pounds, uh, allowed in the bucket, you know, on the tip, but there's a, a couple of qualifiers with that, uh, when it comes to the rope side of things, but you know, for us, 250, 500 and a thousand, and those seem to be the biggies everywhere. Yeah. We're running 500 on our sticks, like our pure ladders and then thousand on our bucket. So it's the it's same as yours. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Pr- pretty standard. I would assume, uh, through most of North America. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you had mentioned the cylinders. This thing's raised by a cylinder. I mean, everybody, I think, can now start to understand or, you know, at least seeing a ladder truck drive down the road. Sure. Um, And you make an interesting comment, and this is what really pressed me when you did this presentation in 16. Yeah. This is a class, uh, this is a lever, basically. I can't remember what class of lever you basically said this was. I'm looking through a third class lever right there. Yeah, absolutely. And so... It's you're you're adding mechanical advantage on top of your mechanical advantage because a class three lever is a mechanical advantage or disadvantage. <laughs> yeah, we're we're trading the the distance. You know, a little uh, eight foot cylinder can raise a ladder, you know, fifty feet vertically out of the bed. Um, what I found with my testing was more so than the hoisting cylinders, like the cylinders that raise it to its uh, the angle it needs to be inclined at, the extension cylinders on the ladder. So there's a, some differential pulleys also, you know, class three pulleys that extend your ladder. So there's a, a piston or two on the bed section of your aerial ladder, the, the lowest one towards the turntable. And when you actuate the lever to control that piston, it, it, uh, through a series of pulleys extends your ladder. So basically you have a 20 foot piston that extends a ladder from your bedded section of whatever it is, 30 feet to, to its full extension of a hundred feet. So that's also a mechanical disadvantage. And that's where the, the real, uh, aha moment came for me was that when we did our testing, like if you push downward on the tip of a ladder, if you treat a ladder as a column, which people are wont to do with the, you know, cause that's what we know in the rope world. Uh, when you push down on it, you're actually multiplying your force on your extension cylinders, you know, the things that raise your ladder or extend your ladder rather. So if you put a change of direction at the tip, you know, for rope, you've got a force multiplier there. It is also force multiplying on your extension cylinders. And, and when we tested it, we tested six different ladder trucks where I work and four of them, we maxed out the hydraulic system. We were at max pressure and could not uh, extend our ladders uh, any further than, you know, whatever it was, I think 80 feet or 85 feet, like the hydraulic system just would not do it. Um, and, and that to me was a real, uh, moment of curiosity that, you know, we are definitely applying forces that we're not thinking about to these ladders. That's so, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, that's even a little bit crazy when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a block and tackle that you're, you know, you're pulling on the, the, the rope, you know, like if it was a little Aztec kit, your haul line, that's, that's the line that extends your ladder. And, um, 
you know, as you try and push your ladder down, you're, you're trying to collapse that Aztec kit. You know, you, you're gaining mechanical advantage. You know, you're pressing on your hydraulic piston more than it's capable of doing. So, um, yeah, we, we found that, you know, when, when I get into my recommendations of, of what, you know, what I think best practice is for rigging, which is probably counterintuitive, um, <laughs> it, it, it definitely uh, takes into account those extension cylinders, you know, and, and it could be that we just have, you know, poor maintenance in Washington, D.C., you know, and uh, off our fire trucks. A lot of places do. I'm going to go with if you guys have poor maintenance, we probably all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, which is another great reason for not, you know, I'll spill the beans. Like, I don't I don't think using aerial ladders is a great idea for rope. But, I mean, if, if we've got poor maintenance on a hydraulic system and we're relying on that hydraulic system to, you know, keep us from falling, I'd, probably not a great idea. Right. Oh, um, so... We've talked a little bit about that. What about torsion on the ladder? I know you mentioned that in your um, your paper here in regards to torsioning the end of a ladder or twisting. What's, sure. the, what's the thing with that? Yeah, so a, a lot of people uh, I've seen, you know, through pictures, and I, I had them in my presentation, um, and I continue to see it. They want to rig two-point anchors from the tip of their ladder, which I'm okay with, but they, they fix – their two-point anchor. They'll tie a, a two-point anchor with webbing, you know, around the uh, beams of the ladder. So, you know, the, if, if one side fails, you know, the load won't drop to the ground, uh, even though they've got a belay line. Well, that's that's okay, but, you know, ladders fail, aerial ladders in particular, by torsional loading. And, you know, if you think about a two-point anchor that's fixed and you lose one side, you know, if you retracted the ladder or there was a metal burr on it to cut the webbing or just the knot was un, not tied properly – like you're resting the entirety of the load on one beam of the ladder, which is just putting a, a massive twisting force on the ladder, which is, you know, exactly how they fail. So, uh, if I were to rig with webbing on a ladder or even a tower ladder bucket, um, it would be a two different two point anchors with webbing and neither of them fixed. Like if the webbing cut or, you know, the knot used to join, it was, you know, compromised, I would just want the webbing to fall away and just rest on my other two-point anchor. I wouldn't want to put any torsional load on my ladder whatsoever. Now, here's a quick question as well. We just talked about the cylinders. Sure. Cylinders, I'm assuming, are designed to be operated in pairs in order to raise and extend this ladder. Are you now applying a, a greater degree of pressure or force on that cylinder on that side? So not only do you have torsional twisting of the ladder, you're also applying a disproportionate amount of pressure on the remaining cylinder? It could be. You know, I wasn't able to measure that. I, I wonder how much torsion travels, like, down the ladder that far. I, I, I don't know if it stops at the, you know, where the that section meets the next section below it. But like, uh, the ladders we had when I was measuring cylinder pressure gauges, it just measured like both cylinders were measured at the same time. Like there was a, a union in between them and that's where the cylinder gauge, uh, pressure gauge was off of. So it, it's entirely possible. And, you know, if, if one goes, then, you know, if you fail one, the, the other one can't be far behind it if you're, if you're overloading it. So, um, it's, you know, I don't know of any, big failures that way, but it's not to say that, that we're not right on the edge of that and, and haven't been uh, skating that edge for a while. There you go. Did you have any experience with ladders tipping or um, outriggers coming off the ground when you were doing any of this? I, I did. So I, we looked at one ladder truck. It was, we got a brand new 500 pound tip load aerial ladder. And we, we asked uh, the guys on the truck if they'd you know mind coming out so we could see what, uh, what it would do. And 
with the two person load hanging off the tip, we had the ladder out, you know, pretty much horizontally and fully extended. The far side outrigger did come off of the ground, which I was told it was designed to do. Uh, and I've seen it before with ladder trucks, but it's still a pretty disconcerting feeling when, you know, one of your jacks is off the ground. Um, and I don't know the, uh, the downward force or the, uh, you know, what the PSI was of the ground pad of, of the, the side it was resting a hundred percent on. So that, I mean, I know it has to have a certain PSI. I just don't know it offhand, but you, you probably, you know, crushing it. You don't want to be sitting over a sewer or anything doing that. <laughs> <laughs> sewer, sinkhole. I mean, anything, you know, potholes. No, it's just going to give away. And, uh, again, just, just another compelling reason not, not to run your ropes up an aerial. So, okay. We've chatted a lot here about aerials, about the different components. So let's, um, give us some feedback and some background just on the testing that you did and what some of those conclusions were. Sure. So we, uh, tested aerial ladders, um, just to see what the forces were being applied. So I measured a couple different points of, uh, data that I could. So, um, I put, you know, 330 pounds or so of just weight plates from the gym upstairs, the firehouse in a Stokes basket. And, hung it off of my aerial ladder that the, the guys up the street brought down to see what the weights were. So I, I put a enforcer load cell up at the tip and I was measuring uh, cylinder pressure and um, system pressure off of the gauges supplied by the manufacturer. Like they're just on the, the turntable pedestal. So I rigged a couple different configurations. Um, one of them, I hung a, a block and tackle off of the tip and measured it both statically and, and while hauling. Uh, I think the uh, highest force I got on that was uh, a little over 500 pounds of a four to one hauling upward. Obviously you need a lot of rope to get that done, but uh, you know, it's, it provided, you know, very, you know, not a lot of force on the tip. Um, I did some changes of direction at the tip. So I rigged a three to one on the ground and then ran our rope up under the aerial ladder to a high point pulley where I was measuring with the enforcer and then down to the Stokes basket. And my max force with that was, uh, 720 pounds at the tip. I mean, with a 250 pound tip load aerial, I was putting 720 pounds and that was at, uh, 30 degrees of elevation and about 50 feet of extension. Um, the interesting thing about that setup, so basically just to change the direction at the tip, you know, as I was doing my testing, I, I just kept extending the ladder out further. I wanted to see how far, you know, an extended ladder, uh, you know, affected the force on the cylinders and the load. But at some point we couldn't even extend our ladder fully. Like the hydraulic system just did not have enough, uh, oomph to extend it. Um, and it was the truck driver who mentioned it, the guy who was operating the controls, and, you know, we did the next test with the, you know, just the four to one off the tip. And he said, uh, you know, Kelly, this, it, I barely have to push the lever forward. You know, the other one I had, to, I had it full at the stop and it just, it wasn't extending. So the downward or the backward pressure on the ladder was, is massive with just a change of direction at the tip. Um, and then uh, we did a two to one hybrid, which is a two to one off of the tip down to a three to one on the ground. And, and I was getting around 400 pounds with that. Um so it's kind of all over the map, but the, the the best case scenario, and it's it's old school if you want to call it that, and counterintuitive, is just to tie your ropes basically directly to the tip and use the aerial ladder as a crane. 
it, it loads the ladder like it wants to be loaded as a cantilever truss, not a column. And there's no force multiplier at the tip. Like as long as you could see your load, that's for me, probably the best practice. And I know that's a not popular theory, but it's, it's, you know, I'm okay with it. That is a bit interesting because we are told so much. I mean, and I don't know if your training is different than ours, but we're always told never move a load just with the ladder alone. The ladder has to be static. We have to, you know, power it down basically when we go to use it and just use the ropes over the ladder instead. Yep. And just the, now you're saying that the actual science behind it says the best way to do it is actually just using the ladder. As far as forces being imparted to the ladder, yeah. I, th I think that the lowest amount of force is just tying it directly to the ladder. And now you're you know, you have to kind of do the, the risk benefit analysis, you know, are you, are you better off putting low forces on the ladder and hoping that the, you know, the device operates or, you know, would you rather put more force on a, uh, a ladder and, uh, you know, just leave it as a fixed high point. Um, you know, I guess it really depends on the truck, the operator of the ladder and, the, just how comfortable you are with it. But for me, fixed craning is, is, definitely puts the lowest force on the ladder. Okay. Um, back to using it as a high directional, you yep. use a bunch of static weight, obviously. Sure. Can you give me some theoreticals in regards to what if we used a twin tension system or what if we used a dedicated main, dedicated belay and we blew a line where we're looking at anywhere from two and a half times load to, well, you know, Blake Hummers, he drops that. You'd be looking at, you know, upwards of like 12 kilonewton. Um, what are we looking at with that? Sure. So that, that's the, uh, that's the tricky bit of all of it. You, when we're, you know, everything we've talked about up until now has been, um, we haven't even accounted for the belay and, and, you know, obviously we, we hope a belay event never occurs, but you know, we, we have it there for a reason. Um, so yeah, like I said, twin tension, best case scenario. If we run uh, twin ropes, we're going to get a, you know, doubling or two and a half times the force of the load from a belay event. So already, you know, we, we've exceeded every bit of force, you know, any ladder we've got could handle, you know, be it a 250-pound uh, tip load, obviously, up to a 1,000-pound bucket. If we've, you know, if we impart a belay event to it, 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 it's going to exceed the capacity of the device, it, which leads the question, you know, can you just run your blade, you know, not on the ladder? Can you run it off of a building somewhere? And you certainly can, but then it begs the question, why aren't you running your main line there? Why, why are we using an aerial ladder for that? So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just a huge force. We, we don't even uh, give consideration to when we're discussing any of the numbers. So, um, I think you'd fail a ladder in short order with a, a belay event with a two person load on it. Interesting. Um, yeah. it's funny you mentioned that a little tangent, my department, the guys, uh, the guys were trying to cheat something and we were doing ride alongs and we have them on a belay line when we have ride alongs for hiring so that in case they slip and fall the city doesn't get sued yes. and just the way the guys were when they were belaying someone they had it anchored properly but they'd lift the device up tie it to the back rail of the ladder and then extend the ladder out in order to cheat it and make get it going up faster to get more people through right the belay caught on one of these and basically folded the back rail right over top of this ladder yeah i mean it's nuts the force you can apply. So I'm pretty fond of saying like, you know, firefighters and rope, uh, you know, we've got a pretty tenuous relationship, firefighters and hydraulics, you know, same thing. You can do a lot of damage if you're not paying attention. 
but to put the three of them in a room, you know, firefighters, <laughs> rope and hydraulics, like that's just, you're just asking for trouble with that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, so in your paper here, you also mentioned, and I, there's going to be questions that come up that say, hey, well, my ladder's got attachment points. I mean, I, I'm thinking of one in particular we have in our city that it comes with a tip roller and some sort of anchor plate that I've never used, but it's, yeah. you know, designed by the manufacturer. Yeah. We, so, so we've got the same exact thing. And I guess the, the dirty little secret is like a manufacturer will put whatever you want on the area ladder. Like they're, they're happy to get your, your bid. We've, we've got it. You know, we said we want tip rollers, um, and we want, you know, side anchorage on the, uh, on the frame of the, uh, trailer of our, of our, uh, area ladder. And they gave us exactly what we asked for. Like, and it looks sweet. Like it's very, very nicely made. The welds on the side D rings are awesome. They're rated, but like buried on page, you know, 347 of the manual, it says like, Oh, Hey, you know, by the way, you have to run your rope uh, in a configuration that's impossible. Like you, you can anchor to the side D ring, but your rope has to run up the middle of the aerial ladder and over the top of the rollers. Um, and it's just impossible to do your rope rubs over the diamond plate of the turntable. Um, and it's just an impossible rigging task. Uh, you can't anchor to any part of the ladder. So they gave us exactly what we wanted, side anchors and tip rollers, but they, you know, specified it such that you just, it's impossible to use them. And, you know, I don't think anybody's gone that deep in the fine print during the uh, spec process to, uh, to try and figure it out. So our tip rollers look nice. They, they look like really handy points to hang pulleys, but, or to, you know, run rope over, you know, machined rollers, but it's, the rules are you, you it just won't work and it's interesting because the particular ladder i'm thinking about i don't even think it was specced with a weight in it because the tip roller is a plastic sheave <laughs> we we've we've got those too it looks like a you know a, a cheap boat anchor and it's probably all it's good for but it's uh it's the same thing two plastic sheave wheels uh the, the very interesting part about that if you've ever tried to set it up like Ours has to be, you know, because we've got a hook and an axe at the tip of most of our aerials, uh, our our roller has to be six rungs back from the tip, which means your ladder has to be extended 65 feet uh, in order to make that roller work. So, like, you, you're forced to extend your ladder way further than you want to just to be able to use the rollers that you're, you know, required to use. Yeah, see, we found similar things, and you probably have the same thing. You've got, you know, rescue mode or water operation mode on your ladder where you can move the monitor up and down the fly section a little bit depending yep. on what your application is and it's when you start having the it out in the water mode where you've got your uh nozzle right at the tip trying to operate any of that rope rescue equipment up there is very difficult yeah absolutely you know if, if, if not impossible yes yeah, so that um yeah the tip of a ladder presents uh, a lot of problems be it from tool mounting or you know water appliance mounting um, one thing that I, th I think is like not looked at enough is the breakaway tips on aerial ladders, which are designed. So if you're, you know, extending a ladder to a building through smoke and you hit a wall, you're going to break the, the tip of the ladder, not the entire ladder. But those things are just held on by some not really sturdy looking bolts, uh, nuts and bolts. And if you're, you know, hanging your rope system off of that, you know, from underneath rather than running it up over the rungs, I, I think you could be asking for trouble. I don't know what it would take to shear those, but I, I can't think of anybody uh, that I've ever talked to that's ever, you know, tried to tighten those, uh, you know, as, on a regular basis. So um, uh, lo just a lot of 
too many compelling problems to for me to say it's a good idea. Okay, so recommendations. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Find something else. Uh, the uh, would be my initial one. My my uh, real world best uh, thoughts are: don't put an attendant on your basket if you can help it. Uh, sometimes we do, but um, we didn't talk about it. But I think if you know, I, I've asked people, you know, do you put an attendant or no? The, the usual answer is, you know, heck no, we don't. Um, but I think the difference between, you know, if you say you're going with a patient, you know, patient, yeah, we can do it. Patient and attendant, you know, absolutely not. It's a dumb idea. Uh, I don't think cutting a 300-pound margin is a, a smart idea. Like, yar go, no go should not be the difference of 300 pounds. But uh, best practice, no attendant. Um, I would short haul, so just, you know, tie directly to the tip or put as much mechanical advantage off of the tip as possible. So, you know, a block and tackle. It's less force multiplier. You know, the uh, jerkiness of the haul team is minimized to the system or it's not imparted so badly to the aerial ladder. Um, and it limits the possibility of not pulling in line. Um, and then the, the last best practice is just pull in line with the ladder. And remember that a, a ladder on a aerial ladder truck is a cantilever truss. It's not a column. Like, we don't want to load that thing into compression. Like, that's just not how it's designed. It's, a, it, it's not a column. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to add in? No, as far as aerial ladders, no. I would say just uh, take a really deep, hard look at what the physics are, you know, what physics are actually being applied and, you know, test it with numbers in a safe environment with, uh, you know, a dynamometer up at the tip and look at your uh, pressure gauges on your pedestals and just see what's actually occurring. Like, don't don't think what's occurring. Like, I would say just Go look, go do it, and uh, I think you'll be surprised at the forces being generated, and like you're you're overcoming the power of your hydraulic system to extend your ladder. That's that's a pretty big deal. That's that's it. Right on. Um, so we'll sign this one off here.